I'm Lynette Zhang, Chief Market Analyst here at ITM Trading, a full-service physical gold and silver dealer. And welcome to Coffee with Lynette. I have a very special returning guest today, Lior Gans. And he's coming to us all the way from Israel, so we really need to get that global perspective on what is happening because these are global issues. So Lior, he is a global entrepreneur, co-creator of Wealth Research Group, and a very popular speaker, author, educator. He's been doing this since he is 16 years old, and he only looks like he's maybe 18 now. No, I'm kidding. But I'm so glad to have him here today. And thank you for coming, Lior. Thanks for having me again. Yes, absolutely. And in Israel, what time is it? Uh, 8.30. 8 th- oh, well, that's not, that's not terribly bad. But let's you just, just moved to daylight. So uh, uh, we, we uh, changed clocks for one hour. And in about 10 days, the, uh, uh, like the Jewish uh, clock will move one hour. And then we'll be back at uh, nine hours difference. Oh, there you go. Except in Arizona, we never change. Oh, okay. Everybody else changes. We don't change. My car changed. I'm like, wait. (laughs) Okay, gotcha. You don't do the daylight. Okay. No, we don't. We always just stay the same. But you know, the last time we talked about all of the new money creation that's been happening globally, Mm -hmm. and we can certainly see the results in, you know, stock markets, new highs, all these SPAC groups, special interest groups. Uh, the Reddit rebellion, even with GameStop and other stocks like that, and certainly Bitcoin making new all-time highs. And an interesting phenomenon, NFTs, non-fungible mm-hmm. tokens. So my question is, you know, do you think that this can keep going? I mean, in the U.S., we're getting those $1,200 stimulus checks are going out and we're, we seem to be transitioning to UBI, universal basic income. Do you think that can keep this going? Um, first of all, I think it's 1400, isn't it? Oh, I think you're right. I think it is 1400. Sorry. Good. Thank you. Yeah. Um, I, I think there's a lot in that question and, um, there's, there's stuff that I, the way I analyze it is in the far future and some things are more immediate. Um, and then there are, there are uh, assets that I think are inflated and have to do a lot with uh, the currency creation and the stimulus checks, et cetera. And some that are uh, justifiably expensive. So I, I can un- unpack that uh, if you want to. Please. Um, yeah. Um, we believe that um, just like 2008 um, and or 2000 or in 2020, a crisis creates trauma and residue, um, you know, uh, mental residue for investors and for uh, the global community. Mm-hmm. And some behaviors improve drastically and some behaviors uh, stay the same. So some habits are very strong and even uh you know, what happened in 2020 did not, sh- and what's going on right now with uh, the Ronies is not changing that. Um, and then there are some things that are uh, completely changed and the, the world is, is permanently changed from 
uh, that event. Um, in terms of like uh, investments and portfolio management, allocation of funds, diversification, we also think that this kind of an, an event changes people's behavior. So, and there's good and, and bad in that. Right. Um, uh, in general, what I think is, is important is first, let's look at what happened, um, well, just one year ago. So on the 20th or 22nd of February, the market peaked and then it went down the large indices went down by about 35% in 16 trading days. And you remember mm -hmm. circuit breaker after circuit breaker every day, it was a lot of panic, right. um, and a lot of confusion. Uh, but here's what's funny. For the millennials and the Generation Z, who were very young during 2008, what they saw is that, man, if, if you had bought stocks in 2009, what a phenomenal idea because you have the entire system backing you right. in creating a bull market. Mm -hmm. And what's interesting is that so many, uh, we believe tens of millions of people opened up either uh, Robinhood accounts or uh, M1 Finance or Webull or uh, uh, you know these very popular apps right now. And they really ferociously went into the markets mm -hmm. um, much faster than traditional value investors anticipated. If you remember, it was all about um, testing the lows. Everyone was like, it's gonna test the lows. We're gonna go back to the lows. And all of these phenomenal veteran hedge fund titans were not buying mm -hmm. in, in the beginning because they were saying this is, it, once it, it uh, bottomed on the 23rd of March and started going up, they were saying, well, this is just a dead cat bounce. We're gonna test it again. Um, so it was amazing to see the divergence between this younger generation that doesn't watch CNBC, doesn't follow mainstream media, doesn't uh, listen to what uh, this crowd says, the baby boomer crowd, um, and then the baby boomer crowd saying, "Look, this is you know this is not this is decoupling of the real economy and the stock market." Well, it, and it is was just ph <laughs> phenomenal to see uh, this kind of divergence, right? Mm -hmm. Um, and it went on for a long time. Uh, in April, if you remember a few days, I'm just giving you like a chronological. No, this is uh, great. Keep going. Timeline. And then what I want to do is, is give you my insights within it about everything that you said. And I, I think I remember uh, the question uh, in its entirety. If you remember April 2020, uh, the option expiry on oil mm -hmm. came and oil went to negative $42 a barrel the night before the option expiring. Negative 42, the, that day, um, I thought that the commodities super uh, cycle and the bear market for 11 years in commodities, in general commodities, industrial commodities, base metals, et cetera, basically everything except gold um, was over. Uh, the 11 years or 12 years that we saw this downward channel, and commodities was over that night. I believe, I, I thought this is the bottom for commodities. It cannot get any worse than <laughs> negative $42 a barrel. Um, all the negativity, every, every, the, the entire plan was like, there will be no demand for anything. For no, And I really got bullish on commodities uh, in general in April, 2020. Um, by the way, if you go to our website, to thewealthresearchgroup.com, if you look at the top menu, you will see a tab that's called watch lists. And we yes. kept 
um, putting out um, watch lists of, of companies, April 2020, June 2020, August, September, with our top uh, ideas. Every And man, the, uh, obviously those did uh, very, very well. It's like uh, 80 uh, securities at this point, because there's like eight watch lists if you want to download those, even to look retroactively what we thought. It's, it's yeah. kind of a nice experiment. They have um, the links. Let me just, in, so we have the links on the blog and down below for anybody that wants to go look. Yeah, or, or well, yeah, wealthresearchgroup.com forward slash watch list. That's where you can just literally mm-hmm. uh, get the whole library of them. Um, and so, and, and, and everything, and the major indices, they topped off at the 8th of June and started to, uh, go back down. Uh, but if you remember, the Fed slashed rates to zero immediately in March. It did not help anything. Nope. Um, uh, Trump did a major speech on a Friday. Everything shot up and then shut back down. So nothing worked. Uh, he, he brought all these CEOs, uh, you know, f- uh, from Walgreens to Walmart. Everyone's like, everyone's on board. We're going to, you know, get through this. Except we're going to be through this by Easter. Um, all these, you know, things that were trying to create some momentum, but um, nothing worked. What the only thing that changed the situation was the Fed saying, "Hey, we're going to buy everything. We're going to go into the junk bond market." And so the Fed did things yeah. in this crisis that they've never dared do yeah. before. And you even add Kashkari, who is, um, I would say, uh, the most outspoken of all the governors, he was like, you know, trust us that when you need money, you will have money. We, we have an infinite amount of money um, in, at, our, at our disposal. That was a, a very uh, important, um, you know, speech by him. But what it, what it did in the world of institutions and pension funds and sovereign wealth, it gave him confidence that, you know, the, the whole system is either going to break altogether or we're going to do everything to make sure it doesn't. So that changed uh, every, I can tell you just speaking with hedge fund managers at the time, how it changed their mood. They were like, that's it. Um, right. Now, this is a free it, it, for all, lots of money. Exactly. Not, it's not just the money, it's the guarantees that right. we're going to buy the, the junk bond. We're, we're going in, we're basically going to bail out the Russell, uh, you know, the Russell 2000 and the Wilshire. We're going to bail out everything. everything. Everything that's public, that's not a small business, that's not a private enterprise, we're going and trying to. And then um, what's really different in 2008 is that you, you, the person, the, the average American um, was also a focal point. So in 2008, yes. the focal point was the system, the institutions. How can we save the 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 overarching institutions? Here, the fiscal policy came in big, and uh, Jamie Dimon actually talked about that three years earlier. He said the next crisis, if the government tries to bail out us, the banks, that will not oh, work. They will no. need to bail out the people because the people will not go for uh, for you know bail out Wall Street again. Exactly. And he was right. And actually, the banks were really strong going into it that they didn't need any any help. Um, the airlines needed help, you know, hotels, etc. People needed help, um, but uh, actually, the banks like even stopped firing people. It was uh, very, you know, the other way around um, from what what we've seen in two thousand and eight. So uh, it, it's a different environment, and that's why uh, the potential 
for what we what we're seeing like with reddit um and, and specs and everything else exists because there's it's, right. it's very different than 2008 in 2008 the there was eight trillion dollars of equity that went down the drain with real estate um but remember it was very bad real estate loans that were given out um it the a different economy plus millennials and gen z which are the biggest demographics right now in america they were teenagers they were not ready to come in and and buy the 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 selling of all the retirees and the boomers whereas this time around they're they're entering like good earning years they're developing their careers and they had savings they had you know good credit scores they came in um much different it's a much different america 2020-2021 than what we saw um i think universal basic income is sort of rejected i don't think that there's too many political forces that can push it through bernie sanders has gotten more popular aoc's gotten more popular but they're not popular enough to put this thing through in america there there's there's too much backlash it, i'm not saying it will never happen but i don't think that type of thing will uh, definitely not termed or you know uh, introduced as universal basic income will happen in the next few years but uh, stimulus checks and extended unemployment and all of these those are also sort of universal basic income type ideas. So we definitely have a situation where the bottom 25% of Americans in terms of uh income mm-hmm. um have an unemployment rate right now of about 25 to 30%. Mm-hmm. So and the government is all about being inclusive right now because that's the, the main term inclusive capitalism, you know, not, le- not the trickle effect that uh was the the most cherished idea for decades where you lower the tax rates you let the entrepreneurs the capitalists you know run the economy and then it will trickle down everyone will prosper um uh, Biden basically canceled that in his last speech if you if you well, read it didn't the work. Whole trans- <laughs> Sorry? It didn't it didn't work anyway. It didn't work. Yeah, no. The trickle down yeah, effect it, it, never really worked. Yes. So the trickle down effect it 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 it, it created um a lot of idle money sitting in assets which inflated asset prices but it didn't inflate or i shouldn't even say inflate it didn't create a situation where salaries are going up at the same um pace as corporate earnings and and equity prices etc it created a more expensive world of assets um because if you live in a world as we live in today with very low interest rates then you're willing to pay much more for assets because you're 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 searching for returns. Right. But can, uh, whether or not this will say, change is a... I'd like to just put in here that what it also did was develop that wealth and income inequality which Absolutely. is really why they have to be inclusive now because there's too much revolt. that's going on. People Absolutely. So I we just need to I'm sorry I, to interrupt you but I needed to put that in there. No, definitely. And look, the trickle down effect in inherently means that the rich get the money first. Right. So it's it, and it's up to them to include everyone else. So it's it's a it 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 failed. The idea 
that it would and, and it didn't fail because uh, uh, the wealthy are 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 uh, uh, stupid or incompetent or mean or evil. They were uh, um, put in a situation where the government said, "Okay, trickle down effect," but you can also outsource and take everything out of America. And so they looked for salary arbitrage, workforce arbitrage, and, and the world was their oyster. So they said, okay, lower taxes and we can put everything in third world countries. Mm -hmm. There is no downside to this. And that uh, 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 screwed, <laughs> I guess it's not live, but it, it messed with middle-class America and it didn't work. It, just, it, it created higher GDP. It created uh, a boom in terms of equity earnings and and uh, um, you know real estate, etc., but it did not help the real domestic economy in the United right. States for one. So that uh, messed up the the middle class, and it did not create a situation where um, people had a chance to go from regs to riches, which is what America um, prides itself on, right. because all of the opportunities elsewhere, the manufacturing, the way to work up in the corporate ladder, that's elsewhere. In America, you can work yourself up in, in headquarters of companies, but a lot of people don't have even the uh, opportunity to even think about a career in headquarters of any company because they can't afford college. They, they come from areas in the country that it's impossible, literally impossible to go that life path. So, okay, so where does this all leave us today? For one, there is a lot of money uh, saved up. Americans have a ton of cash on the sidelines. The consumer, the households, they have a lot of cash on aggregate. Right. Like I'm and like let, you and let, I are saying. So but let's the, just the four, but but I'd like to point out with all that cash saved up, that most of that by a mile comes from all of these stimulus programs. It's not sure. because the people are doing so well. No, and, and, and one sec. Definitely, there's a lot of savings, um, a lot of savings power, a lot of cash on the sidelines, um, which is uh, some proof that people were afraid for the past decade to invest um, and, and they were you know, uncertain of, of the times. It, the trauma of 2008 has not left a lot of people. Um, that's one thing. Secondly, um, uh, yes, the stimulus, but also uh, home prices went up a lot for people who bought in 2010, 11, 12, 13, etc. Mm -hmm. And they, uh, they're doing a lot of refinancing. Um, that's another thing that's important uh, mm -hmm. to consider yes, here. Pulling equity and, out. Yeah. And, and, um, uh, but, but not like uh, the people that have lower income or no jobs, etc. Actually, the people with higher uh, scores uh, are, are the ones that do a lot of the, these refinancings. Um, and then also very low interest rates. What this whole thing is- Can, can we throw bringing, in there the, the moratoriums, the mortgage moratorium? For sure. Because for sure. that has a huge impact on the availability of homes for sale at this point. It does. It does, for and, sure. And all the rules that they changed around that. It does a hundred percent. I'm not saying it's it's uh, uh, if you take away the punch bowl that America is uh, right. it's in a very leveraged situation. Let's Please, put yes, it that that's way. important. Um, so where are we going from here? Is you know for for one thing you asked about like for example you said specs 
specs like anything else there are good specs and then there's crazy like specs. anything else so mm -hmm. um you know if you if you even download our watch list there's two specs in there that i personally invest in that i know very high well uh performing hedge funds that invest in and they're and these specs are performing very well and they're not performing very well because they're hyped up to like crazy amounts they're just fundamentally good companies that that uh, got into the stock market through a spec but a spec phenomenon where everyone wants to take their private company public to cash out is a sign of the times sure reddit is a sign of the times um like wall street bets not reddit right um, wall street bets times. you're right and by the way um, uh, if like two months ago with the, everything that happened on, uh, uh with silver, if you, oh, if the you silver, the silver research, short, right. Yeah. If you go to wealthresearchgroup.com forward slash squeeze, you can see like the whole report we put on it. I yeah, think it was an excellent. event. Um, it, ha it's a lasting event, um, because it showed institutions that there's something wrong here. And I think that was one of the reasons why we had a very deep correction in emerging tech um, in, in the last few weeks, because it, it, it really gave pause to, to a lot of investors uh, that, man, this, this is like a Lehman moment. This is like an Enron. This is like a pet stock. This is weird. And I think it will be remembered. Uh, GameStop will be important when you think about it in, in a few years, you will say it had lasting impact on investor behavior. Um, with Bitcoin, you know, um, there are arguments here and there. I don't think that uh, buying Bitcoin right now is is a is a smart move. I like to buy uh, if I was to buy Bitcoin, I was uh, I, I would buy it after a big decline, like uh, like it always should be. Uh, there's nothing different different with Bitcoin or not. Now there are never Bitcoiners. There are you know. The permanent Bitcoiners, just like there are never golders and you know permanent golders, um, but uh, I, the world is def the, the the Bitcoin community is definitely getting larger. Um, and oh so sure, it, and it, and more ingrained in the normal yeah, marketplace, sure. they're creating it's, it's lots of products from it. Much more than before, for sure, Lynette. It's it's uh, it's it's passed a lot of milestones. Um, that that does that doesn't necessarily. Well, okay, keep going. <laughs> keep going. There, what I'm saying is for the people that are saying Bitcoin to zero, uh, it, it's not going to zero. There, there are buyers out there that will buy Bitcoin uh, if it goes down 10%, 20 There are a lot of buyers out there. It's it's now a market. Now it, where, it where market. it's going de de depends on how you, what you think about it and how you view it, et cetera. Okay, um, so the, this, this money creation, from the government and from the central banks and the way that we're structured right now, it leads us to two potential scenarios. Um, one being that um, because of a lot of money printing and a lot of fiscal policy, uh, meaning stimulus check uh, checks the, the American Rescue Plan infrastructure program that will come um, in June or, or, or uh, whenever it comes, already obviously in the works, and other programs that will come and probably higher taxes, et cetera, all of these might lead into an environment that's uh, similar to what we saw in the 70s. That's one scenario that people are, are projecting higher interest rates, higher inflation, 
some some stagnation in in uh, you know in in, uh, in the real economy. So that's one and, scenario. And, uh, wait, 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 wait! You can't leave that place without saying that was also when the money system transferred from a gold back standard to a debt back standard. And yeah, so a hundred percent, I'm agreeing yeah. with you on that. And I was there, you're, you're too young. You weren't born yet, but no. I was there in the seventies and I remember the level of chaos. And I would say, and I would, you know, there are a lot of similarities. So I would agree with you that this period right now has a lot of similarity with that period because we are transitioning to a, a new monetary system. Okay, so so the the people that saying we're like the seventies, you got the other people that are saying, hey, this is just like nineteen forty five, again a new monetary system. If you exactly. Hello. <laughs> okay, so there are a lot of people that are saying that, uh, and they're saying, look, all of this, you know, governments in nineteen forty five, the war ended, they spent, spent. There was a baby boom. There was it was a reset. Um, and, and there was a lot of joy, right? Just like we're coming out of the Ronies, there's a lot of joy opening up, et cetera. And, and there's a fear that everyone is gonna now, you know, go spend vacations and money everywhere, et cetera. Uh, so the, those people, and then there are people that are actually comparing the times that we're at right now to the 1890s. And they're saying, man, there's a technological renaissance. This is like the time of Edison and, you know, Rockefeller and the Carnegie's and, and mm -hmm. uh, the Wright brothers. This yes. is a time of great innovation mm -hmm. and we're gonna be low interest rates, just like they were in, that, in those times. It was like actually negative real rates in those times um, and et cetera. And there are those that are saying, this is like the 1920s. We just you know, came out of World War I, another reset moment. And they did change uh, the gold standard um, from uh, the, the, the coverage ratio from 20 to 40, if I'm not mistaken, in, uh, in, in those times. And that created like the roaring 20s, et cetera. And so, that was also so, when, they, when the population was first introduced to being able to take on- um, Leverage and margin and- And debt, market. right? Credit cards yeah. and on all yes. credit and all of that. So we were transitioning yeah. into a consumer-driven economy. And cool. so, I would agree yeah. with you that there are parts of all of that, but the commonality is the transition. And we are in, in, in a fourth industrial revolution. Yeah, and so the question is, where are we going from here? Mm -hmm. And as I'm saying is, there are a lot of people that believe that this will create um, unhealthy, high, uh, uncontrollable inflation. Uh, and they name obviously everything that uh, that we said. Uh, a lot of money printing. You know, uh, people feeling uh, that they that they're getting free money and being careless, etc. Um, there are other people that are actually projecting a real boom, where like interest rates uh, are are moving up because you need to tighten the economy. There's a lot of uh, real growth, like real GDP growth. People are uh, really prospering, getting into good jobs. Um, new jobs, new, uh, uh, you know, um, new industries are flourishing and there's just a need to make sure that it doesn't heat up in a good way though. Uh, so uh, that, that uh, uh, developers don't build too many homes, that um, uh, we don't take too, too much auto loans, et cetera, et cetera. So there are two camps here and it's important to keep that in mind 
because one camp says bad inflation, the other camp says actually good inflation is coming. So maybe we go from one and a half percent on the official CPI to 2.2, 2.3, and we live in a world where there's real growth. And, and both you can see by the pained expression on my face that mm -hmm. this is not, in my opinion, this is yeah. not good inflation. Because I, I know your opinion. All I think those, I know your opinion. Do you, yeah, maybe people, I, I don't know, I'm so quiet. <laughs> I have no opinions. <laughs> but, but um, you know, uh, things can go up in a nominal way. And if there's no value in the currency. Yes. Then, so that's one, one, one scenario that that. Uh, economists are talking about um, is, you know, inflation that doesn't create any real um, wealth or, or uh, you know, any real uh, GDP growth. Just okay, so let me growth. ask you another question here. Could you please tell me how significant inflation or even steady inflation actually creates growth? I think that is a question that people want to know and I want the yeah. opportunity to tell you what yeah. I think about it. So um, the the concept of, of, of inflation, the word inflation, it can mean many things. Um, when people say inflation, they, they often mean um, inflation that, that is not what you're referring to as inflation. So there Prices is of goods and inflation. services inflation. What, what kind of inflation are you talking about, Leon? Yeah, so there's broad-based inflation where you go to your grocery store and you say, man, this is weird. This, this is not what I uh, normally pay for this. And you notice that there's an uptick in food prices or gasoline prices. Smaller uh, boxes. Farm, like, uh, uh, sorry? Smaller boxes, uh, packaging changes. Yes, just everyday stuff. Um, and then you're like, why is this happening? Um, there's asset inflation, so uh, P ratios are, are just trading at historical highs like they're doing right now. Um, so people are willing to pay more for stocks or more for real estate, et cetera, et cetera. Um, there's tuition, uh, education, uh, insurance, all, that, all these types of um, utilities, et cetera. That could be inflation. So there can be a lot of um, uh, things that people say, hey, there's inflation in this or in that. Mm -hmm. um, there's a lot of inflation out there right now because of supply chain issues, because of uh, the Ronies. And, right? and all the money printing. Yeah. Well, well let me, uh, you want okay. to get my take. So okay. there's a lot of things that are temporary. A lot of things are happening because of supply chain. You know, the world is, is global. Um, and you need to get stuff from other countries. It, it, it's, it's harder to do right now. It's sourced from uh, very, you know, just on time, right? The just on time uh, supply chain around the world. And it creates some supply crunches, it takes time to uh, get stuff and that creates some form of inflation. That's one thing. Secondly, ESG creates inflation because when you put a lot of restraints on mining companies, um, those go to their bottom line. They need to sell commodities at higher prices. Otherwise, they won't make a profit. If they don't make a profit, they need to close down. They need to close down, then there's less supply, et cetera, et cetera. So there's ESG supply constraints. And I think those will continue. So that's one reason why commodity prices, um, uh, in my opinion, are going higher. Thirdly, um, Lynette, I think uh, the Ronies 
really, uh, and I call it that because we're live and YouTube, etc. Right. It's not because uh, I, I, I think that's the real name for it. Okay. Um, I think that uh, globalization has been rejected mm -hmm. by the world in 2020 because think about every other type of global crisis, just like we had now, where the G7 meeting doesn't happen. There's no G20 meeting. People are, prime ministers are pointing fingers at each other, mm -hmm. blaming each other for this, not willing to cooperate, not willing to share um, whatever it is. It doesn't have to be the vaccine, but sharing the Every country thinks of this in a different way. Mm -hmm. Like Sweden never closed down. America thought it was, you know, uh, a hoax at first. Then, you know, some states, you know, if you took a road trip, you wouldn't believe it. It's like some states never closed down. You right. went into restaurants with not, not wearing any masks. Other cities, you too, you put like a triple mask. Uh, somewhere close school. So globalization was rejected. That will continue with us. And that means that there's a race for commodities. Um, some countries are not going to share their commodities with other countries. And that means higher prices, because if I can't buy the cheapest copper, I have to buy my own copper in my own country. It may cost me more to develop it. So that's another reason I think uh, inflation is coming to commodities. Um, obviously, uh, uh, creating currency will put uh, a lot of pressure on, on commodity prices. And so there's there are many reasons here why this is happening. ESG, uh, uh, deglobalization, so countries looking to source from their own uh, mineral rights mm -hmm. and uh, currency creation. So in commodities, here's the reason why I think there's inflation uh, coming. In uh, real estate, right now, the inventory in America is the tightest it's been in the past 20 years. Mm -hmm. And this is before a whole generation of millennials gets married and, and buy the first homes because a lot of millennials have postponed marriage, not only because of this year, like uh, temporarily because they couldn't invite their friends and, and, and actually conduct the ceremony, but because they, they people today, they marry later. They have children mm -hmm. later. Um, and so you've gotten a whole generation that needs to buy homes and those homes are not there. And so they will need to or originate mortgages and originating mortgages is one of America's most um, uh, common ways of uh, ballooning the, the monetary supply. So you got that coming for sure. Uh, uh, millennials are gonna leave their parents' homes. They're 30 and now it's, it's time, it's gonna happen. Um, also, the, the Ronies has made people leave cities, and so they're, they're going to um, look to buy single-family homes, mm -hmm. which, is, uh, which means more buying and less renting. Um, so that's, that, that's important. So in, in, and that's not only in the United States. Uh, China has their own uh, millennials and middle class. Right. So I think that's coming. Um, and then you've got this change where the central bank is not front and center anymore. It's taken a backseat to government. And you see that in the fact that Yellen has moved now to treasury secretary. So now you got a she kind of bridges it, don't. She right? kind of bridges both. She's, she can stand in both places because exactly. she's been in both places. Exactly, exactly. Right. And that, that puts uh, the central bank 
at a back seat because they've lowered the interest rates. They, uh, they will do anything in their power to make sure interest rates stay low for as long as, as um, humanly possible because uh, the government cannot pay, cannot service its deficit and keep it at same levels if interest rates rise. Um, and, and that's done. So what happened in the 70s with Paul Volcker, that, that is an impossibility today. Um, well, I, I would agree with that, but where's the good inflation? Because I know that inflation is used to mimic growth, mm -hmm. but when wage inflation by design never, ever, ever keeps up with price inflation, and you said there's good inflation, so where's the good inflation? Uh, well, what I meant by good inflation is that there is an inflation that um, is created not as a, uh, as a cause, but as a result of um, things just costing more because there's more people in the world fighting for lesser uh, and lesser resources. So the, the, the system is uh, basically inflated by, this, by definition. Once you took it off the gold standard, once you took it off of a fixed um, commodity, you did this trade-off where you said, look, I had gold, that I had stability, Every $35 was redeemable for one ounce of gold. So I know what these dollars cost. I have a real world commodity or a, a precious metal that I can trade this to. That, that now, created fiscal responsibility. That's what gold sure. did. It yeah. forced governments and central banks. Though, right. Once you trade that off, though, you trade that for inflation. That's what you trade it uh, for. Well, um, yeah. And so... Purpose. And so you're in a different system for 50 years now, and it's not going back to gold. Uh, it, it would take something that uh, I don't even want to think about uh, for politicians to consider gold again. It's outside of their world. Um, and so when we, when we look at the future, not the future that we want, if, we're, uh, um, uh, if, if gold is important to us, and if we feel, hey, I want a gold standard, but if we look at the realistic future, then gold is legal. We can own gold. And so there is no, um, to me, there is no uh, reason to complain about the system too much because it's not going to, I, if I write a letter to each and every congressman and senator each day of the year and, and mail it out to them and it, just, it says gold standard gives the whole pitch, it, it will change nothing, not one iota. And so I think I, 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 gotta, I, I I'm sorry, but I have to say, while I know that's true, that another human and especially a politician or a central banker does not want the restrictions that gold puts on it, what they are going to need, history tells us. So maybe this time is different. I mean, that's not within my control, but there's mm -hmm. over 4,800 examples of this. So... <laughs> That in yeah. when people I'm, I'm not are saying it's a bloodied, sustainable system. Right. What I'm saying is when when people are bloodied and battered and bruised and abused enough and they lose all confidence in the politicians, in the central bankers, they're gonna have to back it. They're gonna do it hundred percent? No, of course not. But they're gonna have to do it to a large enough degree that generates that confidence in the currency again. 
And of course, I, I agree with you. I, I, I agree with you. I'm just saying, I don't think that um, right now in the United States. Um, oh, right now? No, because they're not bloodied, battered and bruised enough. Yeah. And I think that uh, in general, um, it's, it's um, people have enough of a, enough trusting they're over that minimal threshold for sure in America where, you know, people trust, uh, they trust the government that it won't be like a Zimbabwe. Um, no, so it's not a trust in the government that they don't believe that it's going to be Zimbabwe or Venezuela. They mm -hmm. can't imagine that something like that could happen to the dollar, even though it has happened three times historically. That's what it okay. is. It's the normalcy okay. bias. That piece has nothing to do with trust. And I'm sorry, but I, I also have to say when Neil Kashkari came out and a whole bunch of other, you know, central bank presidents came out during March and April saying we can print as much money as we want, that's because there was a bank run. And so the only way to quell that bank run was to create enough cash so people could get as much cash as they want to. But when you look at the M1 supply, it didn't stop then. It's continuing. So there is mm -hmm. a huge cash need for physical dollars, uh, really, frankly, on a global basis. I mean, that's what they're using in Venezuela because the mm -hmm. currency has has absolutely no value. So okay. um, I, I really I, love- I'm on the same right. page as you are. I'm, okay. uh, what okay. I, so I'm, I'm, saying, I'm saying what you're saying, um, that in America, no matter how you define it, um, there are enough people that move along with the system that, that do course. not believe that um, the dollar is going to crash tomorrow. And so they're not panicked. There is a lot of oh, people they can't that, imagine that, that the dollar could ever, ever yes. go away. And which is why yeah. the digital dollar is going to be the digital dollar. But also we have with this new bill, the passing of the, um, this American most current Fund. stimulus act, introduced mm -hmm. a form, opened the door to UBI because the child tax credit, well, mm -hmm. they're going to send you a check for that child tax credit every month, every month yep. they're going to send you. So, uh, so I, you know, the only way to keep the, to keep the population at bay is to give them money because they don't understand inflation which is really why they could get a, why the politicians and the central bankers could, could get away with this. So. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm with you on the same page that <laughs> okay. there's just enough people that um, go along with everything that's going on so that it's not like in um, these other countries that I mentioned before. At this and for point. now it's, it, it, it's, it's just moving along. So yeah. This doesn't prevent you from acting on your own. Um, you don't need to follow uh, this or, uh, you, know, uh, you know, you and I have talked about this. I have uh, put 24 months worth of living expenses into fiat in fiat currencies into precious metals. Mm -hmm. And so if you think about uh, the average household, if they would have, if they do that, they will be very much protected from yes. uh, if this ever changes. 
because just think about the numbers, right? Uh, an, uh, an average household, if he spends, uh, in theory, $5,000 a month, uh, you take that times 24, that is $120,000 that goes into precious metals, physical precious metals. Mm -hmm. uh, if every family does something similar to that, uh, obviously oh, not every family is $5,000. That would be awesome. <laughs> yeah, it would be, sorry? That would be awesome. That, exactly. would, be, that so would be phenomenal. What I'm saying is, <clears throat> so what I'm saying is, um, if you do trust the system, if you don't trust the system, if you're in the middle, if you're unsure, why not take that added layer of protection? Because man, if you look at gold from 1971 until today, it compounds at about six and a half percent every year on average, taken from 35 an ounce to uh, 1750 as we're doing this interview, but it was already like 2000. So the, the trade-off or, or the downside does not exist to, to convert oh. some of your savings into precious metals is, um, is a win-win. Oh. So I think more, more people would be uh, better served if they don't think about gold in terms of you need to own gold because the dollar is going to go away tomorrow, but more of like you need to own gold because it's superior. It's a superior form of savings and you should just own it. Um, how much should you own? It's your own uh, thinking. But for me, I had this idea, this arbitrary idea that, hey, let's say there's a two-year depression. Why not have two years worth of my current living standards in precious metals? So that's what I did. And that's what I, I like to, to tell other people, whether or not you think gold is, is a barbaric, uh, barbaric relic, uh, you know, uh, outdated, something that's, it doesn't matter. What do you think about it? Here's the here's what the facts say, and this is from 1971 till today. If you just look at the past 20 years, it's even better because well, it's it's up, uh, it's it's compounding even faster than 6.6 percent. In fact, until this recent rally in uh, uh, the S&P 500, it 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 did better than stocks for 20 years. So uh, my argument is that whether you agree with this group, like the, the Peter Schiff group, or you agree with the, uh, the polar opposite group, it doesn't matter where you, with whom you agree, it's always the smart thing to take savings and convert at least, at least two years of them from fiat currency to precious metals because it's a win. Well, it's and it, it's, a, it's so, a truly diversified portfolio too. Yeah. If everything you yeah, have exactly. is intangible, then, you know, and, and there is one other thing that I, I would just like to point out is, well, let me ask you a question before I point anything out, okay? Okay, Do I'll you, be brief from now on. <laughs> okay, I know we're running a little <laughs> bit long, but that's okay, this yes. is a great conversation. And you know, it's always good even when, you know, we don't always have to agree on everything. It makes it a whole lot more interesting when we don't, quite honestly, but, um, do you think, so do you think hyperinflation is coming? No. Okay. I, I don't Therefore, think it's coming. And I, I, I'll, I'll give you just one quick argument because I said I'll be brief. Okay. Amer America is a very developed economy. Very developed. It's the biggest economy in the world. Um, the biggest GDP, it grows very slowly. The population grows very slowly. Um, much of the dollars um, are outside of the American banking system. They're about 50% of all dollars are not even in America. Mm -hmm. um, and so 
and it has it's a reserve currency. And if you look and you think they're going to maintain that? Yeah. Okay. So as long as we maintain that, uh, so you're asking me today, as long as we maintain that, or as long as America maintains that, um, it's uh, hyperinflation is, is very unlikely. Uh, hyperinflations, if you look at all of uh, uh, hyperinflations, they happen in small countries, unstable government, where the, where the government is not checked off. There is no two-party system where uh, you know, Bernie says, you know, let's give everybody money. And there's people on the other side that say, absolutely not. This is America. We were capitalism. He says socialism. He says there's no che- there, people just do whatever they want. There's a lot of corruption. Um, those are countries, Yugoslavia, Argentina, uh, Zimbabwe, Venezuela. These are very different countries. As Americans love to be, uh, and it's good that they, they criticize their government and they, you know, they they think the worst of their government, it's, it's good, it's healthy. I'm not saying it to, to suspect it's good. Um, but if you look at like real world metrics, I don't think that there will be hyperinflation in, in America. This doesn't mean that America is not addicted to debt, that America is not running an unsustainable deficit. Um, this is not it's an unpayable that- deficit. It's not an unsustainable deficit. It, 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 the, the debt is unpayable. Exactly. So and so what they're doing is they're it's, monetizing it's, not, the debt. But okay, well sure. So I'm not saying I'm <laughs> I'm not saying my eyes are like this. I'm saying that the potential for hyperinflation is extremely low. But the potential for a debt crisis of other sorts is not very low. Um, you do have a situation that is unsustainable, which means that at some point it will become a huge problem. And that's why I own gold. That's why I own silver. That is why I I do many things Um, because the fact that I I think hyperinflation specifically is not coming to uh, the United States doesn't mean that I don't think that there's there's a huge reckoning that is going to come from uh, unsustainable debt and 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 uh, uh, what the government is is doing and uh, it's it's obvious that there will be a huge problem. I just don't know if the result is going to be specifically hyperinflation. And what I'm saying is, I don't think I need to believe in hyperinflation in order to own so much gold and silver. I think I can I can assume that there will be a hyperdeflation and still do the same thing. It's the same thing, isn't it? Hyperinflation yes. is just the is just the other side of hyperdeflation, and that's what they're battling is the deflation. That's what central yeah. bankers are battling: deflation in stocks and real in everything. There, that's yeah. the battle, and there's only one yeah. way. So it's not like you got a million choices unless something has magically changed and the world is a completely different place. There's only yeah. one way to fight deflation. And that is with inflation, and that's been the battle, and that destroys the currency. I agree. So that's what I'm saying. If you think it's next year, 20 years, 30 years, or never, still, you have to come to the same conclusion. A portion of your savings should be in precious metals. So um, whatever you think. uh, Yeah, see, for me, it's 10 years. For you, it's two. Sorry. For me, it's ten, because I look at oh, okay, right. Uh, the, the, uh, I, the I, amount I, of fiat currency converted to personal. Okay, right. It's t- it's ten years, 
um, and, and then the and then enough for opportunities that present. Because when I look at how long the different phases last and how long that next part where you need to be able to sustain your standard of living typically would last, maybe it's less, maybe it's more, but that's why I'm that's why I'm personally at yeah. 10 years. And I, and I like the fact that you that you said 10 years, but I'm not going to become a victim of this. I'm also going to Heck no. I'm also have money and opportunities um, right. that come because man, the world is is uh, grow. The economy is growing. There's so much. Um, the economies are growing. <laughs> Holy or on the back of this massive amount of debt, like they're expecting the U.S. GDP to grow 10%. In the, I mean, it, it, it's really a joke because the debt is growing so much faster than that. So you can yeah, only but, look like yeah, you're growing fine, but, when you're taking on debt, but that's not real. That's not real growth. Sure, but okay. Um, but look, <laughs> as an investor, when I look at specific companies, mm -hmm. uh, there are amazing companies out there doing phenomenal things, yes. delivering a lot of good value. value I agree. And services and products, etc. So um, there's one hat that I wear. It's the economist hat, and that's fine. With, uh, debating, you know, inflation, hyperinflation, etc. Looking at macro, um, when I invest my own money, it is it is not done that way. I I I look at the world of equities or the world of real estate or the world mm -hmm. of whatever, and I say relative to what is out there today, mm -hmm. what is the most sensible thing to do right now. Because mm -hmm. everything is relative in yes, the world of assets. Um, mm -hmm. People are, are, are uh, thinking, why pay for Apple uh, 37 times earnings? Because some people, when they look at the world, they say, well, Apple, to me, is safer than the United States government. So mm -hmm. if I think this company is safer than the United States government, uh, uh, in, in terms of its ability to service its debt and, and et cetera, then I would be willing to pay more to own Apple than I would be willing to lend Washington money. And it, in right, other words, exactly. what I'm saying is, it's what I'm saying is at the bottom line, as it's an investor or to make money, you need to make decisions that don't have a lot to do with macro. Where macro comes in is where you say, okay, well, how much money should I even put in stocks? How much money should I put in real estate? How much money should I put in uh, collectibles or, or private businesses. That's where the macro comes in, where you're saying, man, we're after 12 years of a bull market, they're printing all of this money. Should I be taking risks or should I be more conservative? That's more of when that comes in. Um, because uh, it, it, like you said, I don't want to miss out on opportunities. If you, for example, download um, some of these watch lists, you would say, man, you know, these companies perform very well in real uh, terms, in real world returns. Um, Thanks to the central bank. Adjusting for inflation, adjusting for this, adjusting right. for that. They, there have been great uh, things that could have been done. So when I say the economy is growing, what I mean is if I look at a company and it's growing its revenues at 40 or 50%, then it, it, that, it's it, not right. that just because the government has printed money. It's Correct. doing that because people love their products they're you know they're onto something i so, i do agree with yeah. that it's just the price yeah. that you're having to pay relatively speaking especially with interest rates now going up i, 
I'm sorry that I'm sorry I have to call an end to it because it's just getting really good. <laughs> so we'll have to do this again, Lior. But but sure. what else would you like to say that we haven't really covered yet? Because um, this has been fun. I've really enjoyed it. Well, look, the the fact is that um, just looking about this discussion, uh, there's a lot of disagreement in the world. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of polar opposites. Um, I think that information, this is uh, like a bird's eye view. I think that information is becoming um, less important because here's free information that we just shared for an hour and a half. Um, it took me months to read up and, right. and here I am sharing this freely. I think that uh, um, information right now is, is put out there so people can criticize it. When I get off this interview, I will be thinking, why did Lynette Zhang say that? Where is she coming from? What am I missing? And I think that is um, an, an incredible part of our new economy. People are much more informed. Um, and I think that's one reason why just talking about inflation here mm-hmm. is helping people. Absolutely. Because just, so I think that's really important. Um, we can never all agree on something because if we all right. agree on something, it will be, you know, it, it will create itself. It will. Cre- so that's, uh, that's another thing. And there's no reason to, to be um, angry. And then the, la- the, the one thing that I think is really important is even if you shared everything, um, you know, and you think with me, I may still derive a different conclusion Correct. on what will happen. So I think that is also really important. Keep in consider, keep that in mind. It's not that people are necessarily blind to um, uh, to many things. Uh, I have uh, researched. I, I I think you know I, I researched six to eight hours. I I cover a lot. I cover everything from uh, you know the the uh, most conspiratorial to the most. Uh, um, what you would call like uh, C- just watch CNBC stuff, right? Or CNN stuff. I left, right? Uh, uh, inflation is, and I, the, uh, at the end of the day, I, I deserve to make my own insights uh, on this. And those would be 100%. different than somebody else's. And that's the great drama of the, of the whole thing. Um, and those insights are what I put together in the Wealth Research newsletter. That's a, yes, just a excellent. fancy way of saying. This, this free newsletter is about taking all of this, congesting it to my own insights and what I'm doing um, about it. And uh, that's what it's about. It's macro stuff, but also opportunities. Uh, we have co- these watch lists, man, we've covered them. And, yeah. you know, people uh, uh, look at them, they conduct their own due diligence on them. Um, you know, we've been obviously lucky because 2020 has been an insane year. Some of these companies have gone <laughs> four or five hundred percent in in like two three months. Yeah, uh, that's a normal which, market. Exactly, <laughs> but uh, you have to, you know, that's. But it, it, it is, is the market. It is the current market. So you, you know, David Tepper. Yes. So he famously said, "What what am I going to say, Fed? What am I going to tell you? Don't right. you know? I'm going to say, don't print. So right, it, it is what it is. And like I said, Leo Gans is not going to change it. So he has to." adopt to it. And once, once I realized I have to adopt to it, I said, man, I think there's value in 
sharing with people um, on the, you know, the written word, because I think a lot of people uh, just do not want to adapt. They, they, they stick to something that they think is, is true um, and then they just hold it. They hold it and they're not willing to, to let go of it uh, 10 years down. And it's, that's also toxic. So what I'm trying to do with, uh, with everything I do is just to um, keep the conversation going so right. that uh, people are open-minded. I think that's, uh, that's critical uh, because things change all of the time. Yeah, and I, and I agree with you. And I, I, I love, you know, the conversations where everybody is agreeing and on the same page. Well, those are fun. But the ones where <laughs> the ones where we're really kind of enabling people to do some due diligence some by having some of that friction, those are the ones that I, I personally think bring the most value to the table because everybody's got to do what they're comfortable doing. And so they need to hear a variety of opinions and educated opinions, a variety of educate and from different perspectives. You know, so this has been great. We've got all the links to the Wealth Research Group, your YouTube channel, your Twitter, and some articles and things that you've done. And you can find them all below and or on our blog, right? So is that Rothschild behind you? Is that Groucho? No, actually Rothschild. Rothschild. Oh. You know, it could be, but actually these are from the uh, late 1800s and they're, yeah, they're from a magazine the with, the, with, the hat. with the crown. There's, yeah, there's, these are all statesmen, um, sovereigns, let's see, mostly state, yeah, sovereigns. The one with the, that has to be <laughs> Lord Rothschild, the one with the cane uh, at, the, at the top. Up at the top. Oh, him. Let's see. Yeah. Uh, it does not say that he is. He speaks with one party and acts with the other are the little words underneath there. Nice. But, That's really nice. Yeah. I thought they were very applicable for for uh, what I do here. So, but this has been so much fun, Lior. And I hope you guys have really gotten a lot out of this. On Thursday, I'm going to be with Daniela at Stansbury Research. I'm very excited about that. And then next week, I'll be a speaker at MM Steel Club's online event, Steel, Metals, and Mining Week. And that's Friday, March 26th. So link is in the description for tickets and information on that. So lots of exciting things coming up. And of course, these markets are really, really interesting. So until next we meet, please be safe out there. Thank you so much, Lior. Bye-bye. Thank you, Lynn.